podcast for those who suffer, which is everyone. It's a space where we can speak honestly about what it feels like to be in desolate places without losing hope. Welcome to In the Thicket. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. Hi. Welcome to In the Thicket. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Why? Yep. I feel the need to like sing something different every single. <laughs> but week. it often ends up being the dun 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 dun. Yeah. Dun. <laughs> I just yeah. think of any any time where you're like dun dun dun, you know, and the bad thing is about to happen. Mm-hmm. We're like dun 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 dun. So maybe it's apropos for a suffering podcast that's you know? right I that's guess. so dun, dun, funny dun, dun, dun. i was writing something today and i used the word apropos and i thought at the time i was <gasps> like why would i use this word it sounds that nobody uses the word apropos so re- that's you know it's my god wink ahead of time that uh, <laughs> there you go <laughs> movement of the spirit uh-huh. exactly yeah, yeah let's just right. see how many times can we use the word apropos in this recording mm-hmm. just joking we should let's sneak not it in that. i like that a friend of mine was a priest and we used to play a game so i would like give him a ridiculous word to try and use during his homily at some point and so he that's funny to his homily you know yeah during the that's it was great so fun mm-hmm. oh i love it yeah yeah i had like a little internal struggle but like is this, is this sacrilegious <laughs> or not, you know? As long as you didn't sneak it into any of the prayers of the mass, I feel like you're okay. That's yeah. right. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Say, what is it? Say the red, do, say the black, do the red? Say the red, do the black. I don't know, whatever. That's a thing I've never heard before. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's definitely a thing for like, if you're looking at like the general instruction oh, of the Roman Missal, the you know, that, right, 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 right. So like okay. the I'm not a priest, say? so I don't know. Okay, yeah, yeah. We might get <laughs> letters about that, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. By the way, hi Rachel Long. Hello. Thank hi. you. Hi. Nice to see you all. It's oh, nice it's to so good to see you too. Yeah, it's so cool because we like we I, I um was a guest on the Feminine Genius podcast, which was so much fun. So mm-hmm. I kind of met you through that, but then today is the first time that that the other two ladies are getting to meet you, which is awesome. Super awesome. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We're very excited. That is for sure. (laughs) And how is Vancouver right now? Are you in Vancouver proper or are you, where are you? That is a very good question. So uh, officially, no, I'm not in Vancouver proper. So depending on people's you know, knowledge or you know, their understanding of the Metro Vancouver area. So technically, I am in Surrey, so about 35 minutes oh, east by driving. Mm-hmm. Um, since I started doing a lot of interviews with American guests, I like to tell them that it's actually faster for me to get into Blaine, Washington than Vancouver, BC. So it oh, be a fact for you. Okay. Um, mm, but as, as it is usually, it's pretty gray. Um, we are kind of colloquially known as Raincouver. So it has <laughs> been raining the past couple of days. It's kind of gray. I don't think it's raining right now, mm. um, but it's still pretty gloomy and gray out there so it's on par for yeah. the rest of the year usually <laughs> that's cool so fun fact my dad was in the rcmp and he was stationed at the surrey detachment well would you look at that i used to uh, work there oh did yeah. you yes oh my gosh what well, a small world okay well. the only thing i remember about surrey is going to a pig roast with my dad for work when i was really <laughs> young and there was legit a whole pig roasting on a spit and i that's was amazing. like horrified like, i bet oh. as a kid yeah it's like it's yeah. probably like those like old-timey you think of the medieval kind of fair mm-hmm. type things sure. where it's just like yeah, spinning yeah, yeah. over a fire yeah 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 <laughs> those are really delicious cool. i just have to are say. they 
Oh yeah. <laughs> I've had yeah. I've been yeah, me too. Okay. We might get letters about that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not a vegetarian. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, oh, that's I I don't know. If I'm not a vegetarian after that, I don't think it's ever gonna happen, you know? Yeah, so okay. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, before we get too off track, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. we should introduce the theme for yeah. today. Ah, okay, so we are super excited and happy that you could join us, Rachel, because yeah. today we're gonna talk about um um, suffering and mental health. So because this is such a big topic um, and for a lot of reasons, I think, because there's so many different aspects of mental health, because um, I think even men and women experience it differently or can experience it differently. Um, we wanted to have a couple of episodes. So um, so we're really excited to have you today for this episode. Thank you for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Yay. Thank you for having me. This so is really, exciting. I mean, it's been so much fun already. And, you know, like it's going to be a wonderful topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that we're talking about it. So thank yeah. you. Yes. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe with that, I can just actually turn it over to you and you can tell us a little bit kind of about yourself and about um yeah this topic of like what's your story with kind of mental illness and and health and faith sure so yeah okay so um hi everyone I'm Rachel I'm Rachel <laughs> Wong I know that it might be for those who are listening it might be interesting because there are two Rachels today um <laughs> But like I guess we've mentioned already, I am here in Surrey, BC. I was born and raised, and um, I recently graduated from Simon Fraser University with a degree in communication and international studies. And I currently work for the university, and I also host the Feminine Genius podcast. So I've been doing that at the time of recording this for about a year and a half now. And Mm -hmm. it's been such a joy and a privilege to be able to Um, We were kind of chatting before we got started and just to do journalism for the kingdom, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of the the short end of like what I do currently. Um, I I think like faith and mental health wise, like I've been a cradle Catholic or and I still am Catholic, of course. And I would say that I came to my faith um, to really call it my own in 2016. Um, And Mm -hmm. it's actually quite fitting that we're doing this recording on the 27th of December, actually, I was really thinking about that today, just because, you know, four years ago today, on um, in 2016, I was about to go to uh, Rise Up, which is Catholic Christian Outreach's annual conference. I was going to my first one that year, and it was in Vancouver, Mm -hmm. um, of all places. So God really, you know, kind of set it up for me in that way. Um, But that was actually the day that I... um, you know, it was one of maybe a few times in my uh, in my teenage life, but it was actually a day that I was seriously considering ending my own life. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, by the grace of God, He really gave me the strength that I needed to go to that conference. And, you know, I, I guess it's, it's a weird way for me to enter into the story, but I just could not get over the fact that we're recording today. Um, and mm-hmm. I was thinking about that mm-hmm. earlier. Um, But I guess like, you know, leading up to that, I'd had an interesting childhood. Like I would say that it wasn't anything different from other folks. Like I'm very privileged and and lucky. Like I have two wonderful parents that are extremely loving, extremely caring. I'm the eldest Mm of three girls. So I have two younger sisters. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think early on, like I went through Catholic school, I went to mass and we would hear every week or in religion class that God loves you. He has a plan for you. You know, all these things that we kind of associate with God's love at a very early age. And it's these very positive narratives. But then as I grew up and I had some pretty traumatic events that had happened to me um, just over time, 
I, I began to kind of have maybe the curtain be pulled back a bit. And then things started to unravel for me in a sense that, okay, if God is real and he loves me and he has a plan for me, then why did, you know, all of these happen? Like, why, why is he taking people away from me? Why is he pitting friends against me? Mm. Why are people that, you know, maybe I don't necessarily like have a close relationship with, like, why are they all talking behind my back? So Mm. just different things that have happened over time. Um, And I think as you get through high school, and I think no matter who you are, high school is a bit of a trying time regardless. (laughs) Totally. Um, So it was challenging, I think, to go in with already a pretty low self-esteem, low self-worth. Um, and really trying to figure out where my identity was. And I tried to throw it behind like academics and just being mm-hmm. the very best. And the Pokemon theme song is in my head now, but just being <laughs> the very best at like everything and trying to be um, just be good at and excellent at everything. And I think that that's well placed, but to a certain point, it can be right. become an mm. idol. And it's very, yeah. uh, it's a very trying and difficult thing. And eventually I found myself really burning out. And, um, you know, like it was the middle of high school there where I think I had my first thoughts of suicide at that point. Mm. Um, you know, I already was diagnosed with uh, generalized anxiety and depression mm. and panic disorder. So the way that I describe that is that it's kind of like I walk around as a ticking time bomb and I have no idea how and when symptoms will manifest. Mm. Um, so that's kind of like the the precursor that like all of this really comes to a head like in that time leading up to um, rise up in 2016. And um, like I said, by the grace of God, he really um, pulled me out of just a severe depression, a severe like you know, desire to live even. And I look back on it. I'm like, man, at 20 years old, like just thinking that you've kind of hit like a wall or a ceiling Mm. and that there's nothing else for you to do um, or there's no more purpose for you to live is such a difficult and it's so, um, yeah, it's difficult for me to process that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I've been able to move past it. And really it is you know, by God's strength and his grace. Um, Mm -hmm. Because like I mentioned, I was trying to throw my weight behind different things. I was trying to seek out my identity. And it was through Eucharistic adoration and then confession. It's always that one-two punch. Um, (laughs) But God, you know, really brought me back. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like I I remember just sitting in front of the monstrance and and kind of, you know, really having a heart-to-heart with God, being like, you know, why did you let like all of these things happen to me? Um, and kind of realizing too that like it was through all of these things that you know I was able to maybe learn a little bit more about myself even though I felt like things were being taken away mm-hmm. it's like this weird nebulous thing but I felt like even though things are being taken away God was showing me that no like I'm helping you to grow and you know become more of who you're meant to be um, but also who I want you to be and and maybe I'll close with this that like the theme for that year's rise up for anyone who was there Um, was from Isaiah 43, verse 1, which is called by name. Mm -hmm. And I just could not believe it. Like when that kind of clicked in my head, I was like, wow, like God really, he really did that. Like he called me by name um, out of my own like deep depression, desolation, um, you know, to go to this conference, to be among a sea of many people that I didn't know. I was so worried about how I would look um, just as a a fake Mm -hmm. Catholic or a sad Catholic amidst like Mm -hmm. all of these 
what I thought were happy Catholics. Mm. And then coming to see that, oh, like I'd been putting up walls like this whole time and people are actually a lot more real than I thought that they were. Mm. Um, Mm. Yeah, it was really beautiful um, just to be able to do that. And, you know, I I can't say that it's been a perfect journey ever since, but it's one that I think, you know, I constantly go back to um, and Mm. I constantly try and draw knowledge and learn from. Yeah, uh-huh. for sure. I was at that rise up. You were. Did I tell you that? Yeah, because no. I was oh working goodness. in Winnipeg at the time and went with a few friends to, yeah, to rise up Vancouver. Ate a lot of sushi, which of course oh, is really yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. But I yes. totally remember that the big conference room there and the, yeah, and the, the theme. Wow, really beautiful. Yeah, I can't, that's so yeah. crazy that we were both there to cool. see what the Lord does, you know? Yeah, that is cool. Yeah. yeah. I was really struck, Rachel, um, by what you said just at the end there, that you you felt like you were a sad Catholic and you were going to go be a bunch uh, around a bunch of happy Catholics and the and that alienation that that created. And um, I think this is something that we've, we've talked about um, just when we're talking about this podcast and yeah. um, how like that there's this sort of expectation amongst Catholics that we always um, like that. Yeah. That to be happy Catholics or something. And it's like, okay, there's something that's beautiful in that and good of like wanting to have the joy of the Lord, but also that that is not the same as if, if someone is struggling with depression or if somebody is struggling with anxiety or, or any of these things, or just going through a rough time that Mm -hmm. we all have times of hopelessness and we all have times of despair. And then some people also have these additional, like, you know, actual, um, illnesses where that's, um, that can prevent you from feeling those feelings of joy or whatever. Um, and that that can be really alienating. And so, um, yeah, I wonder if you just want to say more about that mm-hmm. uh, in terms, you know, of just that, um, you know, because I think that that's a place where the devil can get in with lies too, right? Of like, well, you're supposed to be like this and you're not, so something's mm. wrong with you, yeah. right? And th- th- it gets, I think that can be really, yeah, it's kind of dangerous. So anyways, I want to I say more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because I think like that, uh, I, I've spoken about, you know, my own testimony and journey with mental health and in the faith context uh, at length for quite a number of years now. And that's always been the phrase that has kind of resonated with me, just because I, I think, like I mentioned earlier, we were raised with this narrative of, yeah, like, you know, God will make everything, you know, kind of great and right as long as we abide in his love, which is true. And we follow the Ten Commandments, which is also true. But like you said, Nicole, like there are so many times where things kind of happen that are outside of our control. And of course, like, you know, mental health is a very real thing. Mental illness is also a very real thing in the same way that people suffer when they have physical illnesses Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So I think that the very first time I kind of encountered this idea was literally, I think, my second day of university. I kind of made this vow to myself when I, when I left high school. I went to Catholic elementary and high school, and I made this vow that I was going to actually cut myself off from my faith. Mm. And I like to mm. joke that, you know, I thought I could run, but God runs even faster. So literally, <laughs> it was the second day I show up at SFU, and I was face-to-face with two Catholic clubs on the the main mezzanine there of the Surrey campus. And I could not believe it. But also the other thing I was struck by was just the fact that everyone was so joyful. And I couldn't Mm. put my finger on why. I was like, why are they so joyful and Catholic when my entire 
maybe not my entire, but like majority of my experience as a Catholic up until that point had been, you know, riddled with suffering, um, feeling like I wasn't Catholic enough or good enough, or that because I had sinned X number of times or I did these things that I would never be able to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's that aspect of it, thinking that, you know, you mm-hmm. will never be enough or that um, the way to earn God's love and even that word, right, earn, like mm-hmm. to, to earn God's love or to be in his favor means that you have to be right or do the right things all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And I think the other thing that just as you were kind of um, uh, expanding on that point, Nicole, like the first thing that came to mind was I remember having a conversation with a friend about this. And, you know, I think this was maybe shortly after my conversion and just feeling really overwhelmed. I'm like, okay, like, how do I navigate um, these experiences that I've had um, that are still a very big part of me? Like this mental illness, mental health is still a very big part of me. It's something that I'm very passionate about. But how do I reconcile that with my Catholic faith? And I remember sharing this with a friend at the time about how, you know, at one point I had considered, you know, ending my own life. I had depression. And, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that this was out of ignorance on her part or, you know, that she wanted to hurt me. But she said, like, how can this be? Like, you just need to trust in God more mm-hmm. um, so right. that these things don't happen. And I remember feeling so sick at that point just mm-hmm. because I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, so it kind of like brings me back to that first point that I mentioned where it's like, oh, did I do something wrong? And and certainly like when I was going through all of this, like I think that the the words in the creed had always stuck in my head where it's like, you know, we believe in life from conception to its natural end. And, you know, even though there was a part of me that at the time I wanted to separate myself from the Catholic faith, I knew that, you know, through and through I'm pro-life, you know, abortion. Like, I can't support abortion. I can't support euthanasia. But then when it came to, like, my personal experiences and thoughts of, oh, shoot, like, is that, does that instantly, like, send me to hell? And I don't know what the theological thing is around that. Um, mm-hmm. I, maybe I really should look into it. So I appreciate this opportunity to kind of remind myself to do that. But to come back to that conversation, I was just like, oh, no, like, does this kind of bring me back to square one? Like, have all the graces that I can, had, you know, really grown in from the Lord since that experience of conversion up until now, have I lost all of that just because now I've kind of brought this into the light that this was something that mm. was part of my life? And, you know, here is a friend that is kind of speaking this into existence, like, you just need to trust more. And I think... Um, it maybe, and this might be something that we talk about, but really it's that addressing of, you know, the, the mental and the mm-hmm. fact that we are, you know, spiritual beings just as much as we are physical beings. Yes. Um, yeah. And that in itself is not a correlation to how much you trust slash love slash mm-hmm. honor God, yeah. right? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. he has provided this opportunity for us to like grow and he doesn't want us to live a horrible life. Yeah. Um, he wants us to live to the full and to be our fullest and truest selves, but that will, you know, allow for some suffering and there will be some joy, but that doesn't mean that it's a horrible life. I know it's kind of like this cyclical <laughs> thing, but 
And, and it's something right. that I think we spend the rest of our lives trying to understand, but totally. Yeah. yeah. totally. Even yeah. when you're talking, like I can remember um, having conversations with students or there was one person I was talking to who had gone to kind of a, I, I don't want to call them a medical professional because they weren't um, like a doctor or anything like that, but I think they were involved in some kind of like paramedical profession. Mm-hmm. Um, and this person was like Catholic and have had this business that's focused on, you know, faith and health and things like that. And told this person that depression doesn't exist, that it's Mm. not, I mean, and those kind of things sometimes are like, are so ingrained in us, or we could hear things that are just plain wrong in the Mm. realm of like in the realm of faith and, and mental health, you know, and, and even like, even when you talk about, um, yeah, like doing the right thing or, or, you know, that if you, if you love God enough or if you trust him enough or whatever, and then these things will go away, that's the prosperity gospel. That's not, and that's been like roundly condemned because it's not, um, like our relationship with the Lord is not that right. Like, and I'm, I'm like pointing the finger squarely at myself because even last week I had a conversation with like these ladies and our other, uh, secret prayer buddy. And it was like exactly that. Like they were reminding me, in that, that all the places that I'm comparing myself to other people are not like that my, my worth or the Lord's love for me or my goodness doesn't actually come from mm-hmm. my doing or like my, you know, so it's like another yeah. aspect of that, but yes. Yeah. I mean, there's not another thought that came to me was like, yeah, okay, sin is the root cause of everything, right? Like mm-hmm. the original mm-hmm. sin, like in, in, at the beginning, it was not so. We were not, This was, these were not things that we had to deal with. So in some sense, if you want to say like, like these things exist because of deep spiritual realities. Like there is truth to that, but then, but that's just always been the case since Mm -hmm. the fall. For everything. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And, and like, and so then all, like all illness, physical illness, everything, death itself, right? Like it all kind of Mm -hmm. comes back to that. So yeah, but we can have both and we can be, we can use the gifts of, of intelligence and the resources that God has given us and the medical profession, all these things, and still believe that there are definitely spiritual Mm -hmm. all that we for everything that we sort of encounter and experience um the other thing that I thought was like this idea of trusting God that like it doesn't mean that you're that we don't trust God just because we experience like trusting Mm -hmm. God doesn't mean that well I trust him and now now I feel all my problems will go away or something and everything yeah yeah, exactly like trusting him actually exactly means that when I don't feel great yeah when everything sucks when I don't see when I don't (laughs) see and and I'm faced with natural and supernatural challenges, you know, spiritual, physical, mental, all of it mm-hmm. that I choose to reach out to the Lord in some way, like whatever way that might be. Like mm-hmm. it might be by just deciding to talk to a friend, like maybe we can't even pray. Even not being able to pray is mm-hmm. not, does not mean that we're not trusting God. Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. I think that's a very right. limited understanding of God's God's connection with us and his mercy and his love for us yeah. that we'd have to have these prescriptive. Yeah. And I, you know, Rachel to, to sort of say like the one, two punch of like adoration and confession, like that is a thing like grace sacraments and the grace of the sacraments are real. Yeah. And so I'm not going to discount like the wisdom of the church and giving us ways back into relationship with God, but that just our personal subjective experience of that is so varied and so, complex and that God is a part of all of that like we yeah you know and so I think that's so 
really important too. Yeah. Maybe I can, maybe I can ask you this too, Rachel, because it seems to me like there's kind of a, a double cross in some senses, not double cross, like, like murder mystery. But like two crosses, mm-hmm. um, like the one cross of the suffering that is mental illness, anxiety, depression, like that actual cross, but then also the other cross of people not understanding that or people or it being hidden somehow, or, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a broken leg. It's not, you know, or people saying like, oh, but don't, you know, like that kind of pain of people not understanding, like what's that, what's that kind of been like for you? And how do you, how do you like navigate that or make sense of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I, I mean, I think in a word, it's definitely been complicated um, mm-hmm. just because I, I think maybe like the the overarching theme that we've kind of been maybe like circling around is just the fact that, yeah, like it's it's difficult and it's also misunderstood. And the other thing that I think, Rachel, you mentioned is that everybody's experience is so varied. So I think that, yes, like yeah. we can, you know, look at our own experiences and try to apply that to others. But even that sometimes is, um, Mm. it's not going to line up just like in the same way, because, you know, you could have two people that have depression, but their, you know, their symptoms are different. The way that they react is different. And that all stems back to their temperament, their personality, all of that. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's been interesting just because it's kind of like having to go around and explain yourself to people and reintroduce a new side of you that even for me, like, I don't even know if I know fully, or Mm. I don't even know if I even like her. I think I read that somewhere Mm. where it's just like, you know, this is a not, and this is not to say it because this could go, I think maybe, you know, it could be misinterpreted that it's like, I think I have a split personality. No, no, no. It's like, I, I don't think that. Um, I, I very much am still in the same body and it's the same person. But certainly it's, uh, you know, for me, I, I kind of had this idea of myself where it's like, I wanted to accomplish all these things. And I have this, um, I have a certain ability to do this. I have the certain brains to get to whatever it might be. So we have all of these dreams and desires and maybe like a plan A that we think that we're going to do. And then, of course, as time goes on, different experiences happen, we encounter different things, and we change. So our hearts change, our minds change, and then even our abilities change based on the circumstances. So suddenly, it's kind of like there's this new person that has shown up, and they're trying to dominate or overshadow all of these things that I had in mind for myself. Mm. And it's kind of this idea of adaptability and just being able to readapt you know, yourself and trying to bring this person up to speed with you and and really I, I think trying to get to know okay like if this is the symptoms that I have if, the, if this is the way that I experience certain things or if this is even the way that certain things may impact or trigger me like how can I adapt to my surroundings so that also would require me to go around and kind of introduce this person so to kind of get back to that image mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's certainly been interesting because I think there's like this added layer of, you know, on top of it being faith and then people not understanding, I think culturally speaking as well, um, you know, in, in Asian culture, and I think maybe in other cultures as well, like this has been a very difficult thing mm. um, to really grapple with just because it's not, 
it's not that like some cultures don't have mental illness. Like I think that across the board, everybody deals with this, Um, no matter who you are, no matter what race or religion, whatever it might be. But I think it's the way that we approach and understand it and um, maybe the credibility that we even give give to its existence. So for me, it's been interesting to kind of navigate this in the context of, you know, my family life with my parents um, and, you know, to navigate that with my extended family. And then further, like mm-hmm. when I meet new people, uh, like, you know, how soon do I say that, oh, like I might flake on a like an, an uh, event or an appointment, not because I want to or not because it's like, oh, something better has come up, but it's just that my symptoms have kind of acted up in a way that will make me a less enjoyable person to spend time with, or I really just don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's really like no fault of anyone's. It's just kind of that's how things have happened. Um, right. So that's been interesting, I would say. It's kind of interesting, difficult. Like, those are the words that are kind of circulating in my <laughs> yeah, mind. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's been like that, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like cultural thing. like, we don't even think about that in a way when we, because, you know, but yeah, there's, there's not barriers, but specific challenges in different people's lives based on maybe culture or even family, like your specific family, right? Like some families, just might not have like a very specific way of like, well, you're feeling down and then this is how you deal with it or, you know, and even how those can create images in our own minds. Like we have to, then we have like that voice that we've grown up with that's mm. come from our culture or family that we also have to battle because we discredit sometimes in our own hearts and our own minds, our experience, because we don't mm-hmm. think it's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense what I'm saying, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't totally. think yeah. Like there were definitely times I think growing up just like just off of that point where whenever I was either not feeling up to it or feeling great or even in moments where I thought I was feeling like at the top of my game but let's just say I got a test back and like I didn't mm-hmm. do so well mm-hmm. then it's like it's that returning of like the quote unquote perfect Rachel where it's just like why you know why 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 do you suck like why didn't you do well on this mm-hmm. test or then, like, if I am, like, having horrible symptoms, like, I, I just don't want to get out of bed. It's like, you know, you were able to do this yesterday. Why can't you do this today? So it's like, it's those narratives that we tell ourselves that we always have to be 100% all the time. Mm-hmm. But for even someone with, like, without mental illness, mm-hmm. um we will never be 100% all the time. It's like varying mm-hmm. things. It happened, you know, like later on in the day, just, you know, someone cuts you off in traffic and that just like derails the rest <laughs> of your day. Um, or it can happen right when you wake up, right? Like you step off your bed and this has happened to me before, yeah. but like you just roll your ankle, dumb, but it will derail the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, regardless of who we are, I think that, like you know, as you're saying, there are these narratives that we tell ourselves that we have to be a hundred percent all the time that we have to be happy or joyful all the time um but the reality is is that that's not always the case and rarely is it ever Mm -hmm. the case right maybe i can ask you just before we kind of head into godwings like this last question of um what that what that looks like for you like in those because you talk a lot about like self-knowledge and kind of coming to know yourself more right and how you respond to things and deal with things and, and stuff like that so what has that kind of felt like for you uh, how have you kind of seen the lord in that or not seen the lord in that or been challenged in that and um and what does that kind of perseverance look like for you now 
Mm-hmm. And if, can I piggyback onto that question too? Mm-hmm. Of just like basically the same thing, but like what has been helpful? Yeah. What has been helpful in like both like, I don't know, medical, physical things, spiritual things, mm-hmm. interact, human things, just anything. What's, what's, what helps you? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful just because like I said, I'm kind of at the tail end of my intro there. Like it's, you know, it hasn't been a perfect journey ever since like my time of conversion. But I think the biggest thing has been recognizing whose I am and Mm -hmm. who I am in light of that. So really like, and I think that God like speaks so perfectly in that way where identity has always, there's always been this wound of identity in my heart, like just who am I and what am I good at? Um, And God, I think over time, especially through that moment of conversion and ever since then has been showing me what that means. So I think that he has shown that to me through the relationships that I have, like some of the friends that I have, um, and even some of the medical professionals that I've come in contact with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say too, to any listeners that, um, you know, are, are really considering going into like counseling or therapy of any sort, um, and also recognizing too, that it's, it's, you know, it's financially, it can be a burden sometimes, but I would recommend, you know, still like seeking someone that you trust, um, and having, you know, that relationship built with someone and, you know, journeying with that person. And then if it is possible to go and seek out a counselor or a therapist, mm-hmm. whoever it might be, just because I think it's so important to have an objective, like third person that can really call out in yourself, like times where maybe I'm telling myself like a false narrative of who I am, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, when I'm really like, kind of allowing the devil to speak lies into who I am. So like having that objective third person, I think is so important um, just to be able to call those things out. And um, I think the the last thing that I, I might say, and I'm so glad that we're having this conversation now, but like this book that I've finished reading and I cannot like stop recommending it. I literally, every <laughs> time I get on a call, I'm always recommending it, but it's called The God Who Won't Let Go by uh, Father Peter Van Bremen. And essentially, like, the TLDR is that this book is about, you know, God and his love for us in so many different facets of our identity. Mm -hmm. But I think that, you know, like I said, growing up, we have this nebulous idea of, yeah, like, God loves us. So what does that actually mean? And I think that as I've come into deeper relationship with him, like, really understanding different facets of my identity and even these difficult parts like the suffering this mental illness I really used to ask God like why did you give me this cross in particular or why did you even give me this thing at all mm-hmm. and I think that it's this might sound weird but go with me on this it's like really coming into making friends with that and again like kind of making mm-hmm. friends mm-hmm. with this yeah. maybe new adapted version of me that has all these sufferings these symptoms and how she goes about her life how he goes about mm-hmm. their life if if you're listening to this and you're a guy <laughs> but you know really understanding who you are like all of these quirks and difficult moments these crosses and really um getting to know them, I would say, and really, you know, even offering them back to God and just being like, okay, God, how do you see this in me? Like, how do you see me with this cross? Um, and really meditating on that. I think it's been really helpful to do so. And um, and it's a, it's a very like personal journey that you can take. And like I said, it's something that we spend the rest of our lives doing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's like, um, I think this is resonating a lot with me, what you're saying of 
of this journey of of acceptance, basically, of who I actually am in all of my weakness and all of my stuff and in my in my circumstances and in my in my surroundings and not who I who I want to be and who I feel like should be or who I expected to be or all of these things but being like okay well this is who I am and I'm loved this is this is reality and God loves me in this reality so what is God going to do with that you know mm-hmm. Um, cause that's reality and that's where, that's where God can work. So I think that's, yeah. that's really beautiful. And it that, reminds that, me like of the lifetime journey. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Sorry, I cut you off. I, it reminds me of like, um, of the, um, the paralytic in the scriptures, you know, who mm-hmm. is lowered down through the roof by his friends. I mean, if you think about him and his life before that, like, I mean, he's a paralytic, like people are caring for him. People are, I mean, but but what came of his life, the Lord showing his power and how he can mm-hmm. restore things. And not even did he like, did he make him walk? But I think sometimes we forget that, okay, if he's paralytic, then all of his muscles would have been totally atrophied and not strong enough even to support his own weight. So not only did the Lord give him the ability to stand upright, but he totally restored every muscle and joint mm-hmm. and sinew and everything mm-hmm. that is part of his body so that through that so that through that I mean his glory would be revealed you know his ability to transform things but I mean how would he have known that when he's like you know like laying on a mat the week before Mm. right yeah yeah totally I sorry Erin when you're saying that also um I had I'm quarantining or locking down or whatever with my parents in um, Halton and, and Halton didn't have a, we, we were in the red zone, I guess, before, right before the lockdown. So we still had masses. Um, so I was, I was able to go on Christmas day. So I was able to go Christmas Eve, midnight mass actually um, at uh, my uncle, my uncle's priest so at his parish, um, and, which is also in Halton. So we, so we went and I remember he said in his homily, you know, he was talking about the pandemic and like, you know, acknowledging all of the, the cross that this is that we're all living through right now, but also like reminding us like the greatest sort of um, disease is sin. Like sin really is the, the you know, and what mm-hmm. is sin really is, is separation, is separating ourselves from the love of God. And so in mm-hmm. some ways, it's so beautiful to me to hear what, what you're saying, because part of the re- restoration and the renewal of who we are and recognizing who we are in our brokenness and our sin is just to allow the remedy to that mm-hmm. disease deeper into ourselves really which is Mm. God's love you know and I and I I remember like for me even like maybe 10 years ago I reckon I realized like the biggest struggle of my life really is knowing that God loves me like Mm -hmm. I know it in here but the difference from from your head to your heart is just like the it's just the greatest greatest longest journey ever and it right and like, it just, put up your hand if that's you too. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. It just takes its time, you know, trickling down from your head to your heart. And I think, so I'm just hearing what you're saying, Rachel, and it's mm-hmm. just like more of that, like that's what God is doing in your life. That's what doing. That's what he's doing in all of our lives is just, you know, reminding us, like reinforcing mm-hmm. that remedy. Like, I love you, you know, that's, yeah. it's real, it's reality. Like, like Nicole said. And even, even the, like, I'm just thinking about it. Um, an abiding together podcast episode that I listened to recently where um, sister Miriam was talking about this book that she was reading. I can't remember the name of the book nor the person who wrote it, but in there, there was this idea of that, that the Lord will give us each a cross that we have to carry for our life that he will not take away. Um, Mm -hmm. Like St. Paul, right? Like Mm -hmm. he, Mm -hmm. 
carried this thorn in his flesh for the whole of his life. And it's not, I mean, it's not out of malice or anything like that, but really so that it's not, can be an opportunity to be dependent on him, you know, like not that he's not a God of healing or a God of love or anything like that, but that he's in a fallen world. It's just going to be crosses. Yeah. There's going to yeah. be crosses, it's, you know? Yeah. 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 But that there's still redemption, even in like, yeah. even that we can experience within that cross. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely you so yeah. much man <laughs> so so good to hear um yeah to hear you start like this is the most that I've kind of heard about it in one uh in oh, one fell you. swoop all at the same time which is so thank you so much for sharing so vulnerably yeah, thank you. yeah, yeah. Mm, my pleasure and like I said I I really do believe that it's God who kind of just, you know, set it up in this way mm-hmm. um, just to, to land it on a day that is, yeah. is still quite meaningful, um, even like yeah. a couple of years out. So, yeah, thank all of it's you. Beautiful. Like, this so is wonderful. Good. Beautiful. All right. Well, with that, uh, why don't yeah. we head into some God winks? So I'm going to turn it over to Nicole to start this week. <laughs> sure. So, um, so my God wink was I... So I had a, a group project paper manuscript that that's uh, some of my colleagues and I are trying to finish up, and it's due December 30th. And our aim was to have it done by like December 15th, so well in advance of the holidays. Um, and that just didn't quite happen. And, <laughs> and so, uh, so I was realizing this, and I'm real like I'm tired. I'm kind of like you know when you feel like your your body's approaching that burnout phase, and and you just just need a break, you know. And that's what I've been feeling like the last few days. And I was just, when I realized like, oh, this isn't going to be done. Like I'm going to have a few days off for Christmas and then I'm going to be, have to be right back into writing. Mm-hmm. I was just, it was just weighing on me, you know? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so I prayed and I was like, okay, well, um, God, you know, the rest that I need. And I really thought that I needed this week off, but I'm not going to have it. So give me, it's, give me the rest that I need, even if I don't get the rest that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and then it was neat because I think the next morning or later that day or something, uh, I was talking to my younger sister who's a nursing student and her exams because of, of COVID and a bunch of stuff that happened have all been pushed to the beginning of January. So she was supposed to have them done and be done studying, but she's she needs to study. And so she was telling me how she's, you know, she's like, oh, I'm going to have to study after Christmas. And and all of a sudden realizing both of us that, oh, we, we both have stuff to do. And so now we can like do our schoolwork together. And it, and for me, the whole, the burden of, Oh, I have this work to do or whatever. It just like, it just left because now it's like, Oh, I'm doing this now with someone else. And so I just felt so like, it was such an unexpected. I was like, in my mind, I'm like, Lord, you're not giving me the rest that I need. And I don't know how you're going to solve this situation. It's impossible. Like typical me. (laughs) Um, I know you figured a lot of things out, but this one, Lord, you know, but it's like always there's a a grace in that. So anyway, so it's great. So I, I know, that I have work to do this week and I, I don't feel stressed about it which is amazing Aww. that's awesome <laughs> I would just like to say that I love that you call your fellow students colleagues it's so adult like <laughs> you're gonna get bills in the mail and you're gonna complain <laughs> about kids on the lot no it's so good yeah yeah you yeah. can tell you're a grad student you know I guess like so. you make that transition yeah it's so good at the it. lab yeah that's right yeah that's right <laughs> <laughs> love it all right Rachel D'Souza how about you so 
Okay. So I have, I mean, I feel like this has been all of us this year, but I've gotten lots of Christmas cards and like newsletters and things like that in the mail. And this year it's just been, I think because you just had a chance to see a lot of people, it's just been such a great joy. So, um, so all through the season, whatever cards I've gotten in letters and stuff, I'm not, I'm really bad at this. So I have sent no cards out to be honest, <laughs> like to be full disclosure, I'm the worst at this. So, but just everybody who has that gift and that, that, that generous sort of generosity of spirit to do that. I'm so grateful because that's brought me a lot of joy. And one of my very good friends actually sent me a very unexpected little gift in the mail, which was this little Christmas gnome to match one that she has. And it's like filled with beans and it like sits anywhere in your house. And it's got little red gloves that covers his eyes. So I named him Bashful because (laughs) that's so cute. (laughs) And I got him on a day where I had just something very challenging to do that I was just struggling with. Well, I guess we should say like this is coming out in the new year but we're recording this at Christmas time Mm. um and it just was like you know I mean I called it a thinker and everything but it just was like so I felt loved by the Lord in a very specific way in that moment and just like encouraged by him and it was just something very lighthearted to to remind me of God's presence sort of with me through sort of facing some of the challenges that I had to face that week so yeah just I guess that just encouragement a little bit of encouragement from friends Mm -hmm. yeah nice how about you, Rachel Wong? Oh, so again, full disclosure, I was I was telling the ladies just before we got started that I've been thinking about this for so long. So I guess what I will say is, again, full disclosure, this is not a recent one, um, but I think one that's quite apt for just the topic that we've been talking about um, that I come back to quite often just because it's, again, it's one of those moments where I'm like, God, wow, you are real. Like, like legitimately, you are real. And this is wild. Mm-hmm. Um but a couple of years ago, I was doing, I was helping to lead a retreat and we were doing prayovers with, with students. And, you know, I, I think that it's not that I don't trust him to come through, but I remember at that moment feeling kind of like a fraud that I was like, oh, like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. pr- praying over these students, but right now I feel like I'm in such a desolate place. So mm-hmm. like, Lord, I, I want mm-hmm. you to show me that you are real in this moment. So you know, there was a, a girl that came up and we were going to, we were going to pray over her. And she's one of those people that, you know, maybe you've encountered people that you just can't read. Like sometimes you'll crack a joke and you think it's the hilarious thing in the world, but they're just like, hmm. I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, read. okay. Yeah. Girl night. Um, right. But we're, we're praying. And I asked her, I was like, okay, is there anything in particular that you would like prayers for? And, you know, it true to her nature. She's like, no. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I love that. okay, the spirit, okay, spirit, you're gonna have to come through. So we start praying, and the um, one of my favorite verses is from Second um, Timothy chapter four, uh, verse seven. It's like, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, I've kept the faith. Mm. So as we're praying, I, I felt I was like, Lord, like I'm desperate, like you know, please, 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 <laughs> um, come through. And that verse came to mind. So I opened the Bible and I I set it out to her I I prayed it over her and there was something that was kind of poking me inside to read further and truth be told I had never read beyond that I was like this is a lovely verse don't need anything else um but I felt compelled to read more so and I'm sorry I'm going to totally like paraphrase this but essentially it's you know it's that verse and then it talks about 
you know, like God giving us a crown of righteousness for going mm. through our lives. So again, like I would encourage you to go through, it's verse eight. So it's chapter four, second Timothy chapter four, verses seven to eight that I read. And it was that crown of righteousness um, part that, you know, really got her all of a sudden. So this was probably the most emotion that I'd ever seen from her mm. ever. And I was like, okay, something's happening. I'm not sure what's going on. Um, And then afterwards, you know, like we conclude the prayer and she, you know, she gets up and walks away quietly. So I couldn't even ask her like what had happened the day after, um, because this was the evening. So the morning after she comes up to me and she was just like, I have been suffering for years Mm -hmm. with like this particular mental illness. And the other day I asked God to give me a crown for my suffering because Mm -hmm. I I'm just so tired of all of this suffering. Like, I, I feel like I deserve a crown for this. And then you said that in the prayer. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the crown. And I was like, God is wow. real. Oh, my gosh. God is real. So at that point, you know, just even I felt my desolation lift because it was like, oh, oh my goodness. Mm. How could how could this be except for the Lord? So, mm. yeah, I, like I said, it's old, an old one, but I, I feel like it's quite apt for... Um, just the topic yeah, that we're totally. talking about. Oh, so yeah, yeah, God is it's real. Oldie but a goodie. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> got lots of shares. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, I think mine from this week is um, is actually from from Christmas Day um, because I've been kind of trying to figure out with this like fibromyalgia how much I can do before I kind of like knock myself out. And it got to the point in the day, like the, like Christmas Eve, um, I did a lot and then I, I couldn't sleep and I had like restless legs and like a restless back. I don't know if you've ever felt oh, that, yeah. like where you have like restless legs and you can, ugh. Anyway, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't fall asleep until like four in the morning. And then my nephew, mm-hmm. who is almost five, was on the floor beside me. And so he's up at seven and excited to vote presents. So, um, so I had like very little sleep and then I was just like, it was not a good day. I was just really struggling. I was like, I have to go have a nap. So I went to have a nap and then, um, I woke up and I was like, I feel like I want a nap for like another hour. Like I'm not ready to be face to face with another human being. (laughs) And then my mom opened the door and my little nephew, who's just turned one, he came in, smiled at me and then laid down on the floor. (laughs) She was like, maybe he wants to have a nap. So she put him on top of me. And then I sat in the rocking chair and, um, and he fell asleep on me and he never does that. He's like the type of kid who will fight his naps no matter what, you know? Um, and yeah, he just like fell asleep on me. And, um, and it was just like the sense of like this gift from the Lord, like you, like just rest, you know, mm. like just rest. And it was such a beautiful, so beautiful, yeah, it was. And I mean, that's like the best rest when you're like under, oh, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, you know, that's it reminds me about that it's so so beautiful and that's like a beautiful Christmas gift because it's like you think of the Christ child and like we hold the Christ child but the little Christ child holds us in a sense right yeah and it's like that Christmas in me down because he's heavy (laughs) I joke my sister I'm like with both her and my older nephew I'm like you know when they fall asleep because they immediately start sweating profusely like (laughs) it's like (laughs) 
It's so oh, funny. Oh my gosh. Sweet. Anyways, they wake up and the hair is like, okay. <laughs> That's great. Good. Yeah. Well, Rachel, thank you so much yeah, thank for joining you. us this week. Like I know I'm sure because it's not an uncommon thing um, dealing with mental illness, whether it's kind of, you know, something that people deal with for a lifetime or for various periods or things like mm-hmm. that. So so I think there'll be a lot of people who will listen and who will feel um, a lot less alone because yeah. of what you shared. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Thank, yeah, thank you. Rachel. Yeah, thanks. Ah. And everybody else, we'll see you here. You'll hear us. We won't hear you. You will hear us <laughs> next week. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of In the Thicket. If you like what you hear, give us a rating and hit that subscribe button. We have new episodes every Monday with more stories and honest conversations about life when the going gets rough and the hope and humor amidst it all. We'd love for you to join our community on Instagram and Facebook at In the Thicket Podcast. While you're there, let us know how we can pray for you. God bless and see you next week.